Joel, how do I say your last name? Is it Bouchard? Joel Bouchard, yeah, yeah, welcome right. to Pardon My Success. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, so nice to meet you. Can you give us just like a little bit of background on yourself? Where to start? So I'm a PhD student in psychology. I have a philosophy podcast called From Nor to Nothing. I'm a musician, so I'm in the recording studio right now. I play bass, drums, guitar, keyboard, ukulele, mandolin. You can kind of see them behind me. And Beautiful. then uh, I kind of put everything together and mix and master it and distribute it online. So those are um, my major hobbies, among other things. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You have all the things I don't have. So I am piano, flute, piccolo, and oboe. I sing, I dance, I act, but I don't have any string instruments. And I'm just now kind of learning about like the production side of music and like more of the mastering and things like that as I've been making my podcast as well, but like was a very classically trained musician my entire life. I was kind of the opposite. I didn't really listen to any music until I was about 13. And then I started listening to classical music. And then when I was 15, my friends just kind of like the most teenage boy thing you can imagine. We were just like, Hey, let's start a band. And none of us played any instruments. And so they were like, uh, you'll play drums and you'll play bass. And, and I got guitar. So nice. we all uh, taught ourselves how to play. We got pretty good. We did some battles of the bands and made some recordings. And then when I was 19, uh, my bass player moved out of state to go to college and my drummer got married really young. Oh, And so I was kind of just starting to get into music, you know? And so I was like, well, I don't really want this to end. So that's when I went to Guitar Center and spent my life savings on a bunch of audio stuff and just kind of taught myself how to do it. So not classically trained at all, not into music from an early age. So a completely different pathway. That's so cool. And yet we still ended up here. It's so beautiful. But when you went to the guitar center and bought all this audio equipment, what did you get? And like, what did you spend it on? Did you do a bunch of research first? Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I'm a research driven person. I'm getting a PhD in, in psychology. Sure. So I did some research, but yeah, at the time, all I did was play guitar. And so, um, my brother played bass and, you know, he was like, what's the big deal? It's just four strings. So he let me mess around with his a little bit. And I said, it's definitely its own thing, but it's not too difficult of a leap. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did some research on, on the stuff and, um, yeah, just bought a bass guitar and a, an electronic drum set so that I could plug it in uh, MIDI to yeah. the recording computer that I was going to build and the, the interface. And so I still have the receipt. That's kind of like my badge of honors. I have the receipt from when I was 19, when I went and just bought everything in one shot and just decided I was, I was going to figure it out. How much was it? Like $938, not including the, the recording computer. So that might give you some insight into how old I am. It was, that's not much money for all the stuff that I got nowadays, but. That still feels like a lot of dollars, <laughs> but the recording computer. <laughs> yeah. Is, and it was when I was like, 19. That's for sure. Where did you get $900 at 19? <laughs> well, I've, I've always been pretty frugal. Uh, I think it comes from my parents. My parents didn't have a whole lot of money. Like we never went without anything. We went on vacations and we had some stuff, but part of that was being on a budget, you know? My dad had owned his own business and he made good money. And then he decided that he was going to leave even become a pastor, which does not pay much money. So he kind of taught the lessons growing up early, you know, 
you never know when you're not going to have much money and you got to watch how you spend it. So I was just working as a, a McDonald's manager at the time. And um, yeah, just, just to pinch my pennies and uh, saved out. then decided to go out and spend them all at once. <laughs> That's incredible. Do you still have all the same materials or have you leveled up some things? I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know that anything is original. <laughs> well, I still have, I still have my, my first electric guitar. And then I have all the guitars that I built. You keep talking about building everything. You're building computers, building guitars, building what's going on there. Basically the same thing. I just wanted a guitar that did something different from uh, what you could buy in the store. And so um, I started with a kit for one. I bought like the body and the neck and all the electronics and learned how to solder and learned how to do some of that other stuff. Um, and then the second time around, I got a little bit more adventurous and I, I actually carved the body and, and did some other things. So. <laughs> so you're a PhD student in psychology who is also an engineer slash carpenter. <laughs> Love this. And then I know that you were also military. My dad's a retired Navy captain and my boyfriend is an army veteran as well. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. So yeah, I went to community college when I was 17, 17 to 19. That's where I met the co-host on my podcast, Norm Gayford, he was my philosophy professor. And so he got me just really excited about school. Like I'd always been into learning stuff, um, but he got me really into philosophy and, and, and psychology and education at a higher level. So mm -hmm. got my associate's degree and then um, applied to a four-year school and saw the price tag and being the cheapskate that I am, I said, I'm not taking out student loans. And so uh, between 19 and 23 is when all the music stuff happened. So that yeah. I really spent all of my time applying myself to music and, and kind of picking up some new skills. And then when I was 23, I thought, man, I want to go back to school. And I said, well, I know a way that you can go to school for free. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where it started. I, I joined the army and um, long story short, I, I'm getting my money's worth out of it for sure. Hell yeah. You got the GI bill. Are you doing the VRE as well? I've used up the whole GI bill at this point. So it's been great. Your PhD, is that being paid for by the government? I was reserved, so I didn't have access to some of that. Um, mm -hmm. But I have a yellow ribbon school, so the tuition's capped at 250 a credit. That's hour, good. So yeah. It's still pretty cheap. The yeah. military really does help out when it comes to being a veteran. <laughs> so you went to the army and did, did you deploy? No, I didn't. My unit was a brand new unit. And so um, there's just a lot of training stuff, which, mm -hmm. you know, we did some cool things. I had some stories and stuff. Never went anywhere. Where were you stationed? You were, so in Rochester, New York. So yeah, pretty close to my hometown. So that's really um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. But yeah, no, that didn't really go anywhere. You know, I got a couple medals for doing, you know, some things in training programs and stuff, but nothing, nothing big. I grew up uh, right outside of Scott Air Force Base. My dad is one of those people who's like, we only stay on bases because the hotels are cheaper and like very much on your frugal train, um, very much on the building his own thing train. You guys would get along. <laughs> but you join the army, you do your years, you get out, you go to college, I'm assuming. Was that the next step? Where'd you go? So I've, I've been a diff couple different places. I try not to advertise it for a few reasons, just because my podcast content doesn't necessarily jive with the message of the school that I attend. You know, I don't have any religious affiliations or anything. School is, it's been in the news for all the wrong reasons. I think that a lot of the people at the top 
are not great, but mm-hmm. all the teachers are great. You know, the people who are actually doing the educating and stuff are fantastic. Yeah. When you're in like a system that's so much larger than, you know, yourself, as many people as you meet that you're like, ooh, this kind of turns me away from why I'm here. You also meet a lot of really incredible people who are also just trying to make a difference. Like you said, yeah. you met your professor who's now with your podcast. How did you go about inviting him to be your podcast host with you? Yeah, so that was funny. Like I said, he was my community college philosophy professor. We had, you know, great talks. I'd stay hours after class and we you know, we'd talk about God and time and all kinds of deep stuff. And oh, then yeah. I got out of community college and uh, we didn't talk for 10 years. And then oh, wow. um, one day I was just sitting in my recording studio and I'm just always somebody who likes to be doing something new. And mm-hmm. so I was looking around, I go, hey, I've got all this recording equipment why don't I start a podcast? And I'm like, well, what would it be about? You know? And I go, well, philosophy's cool. And I go, all right, well, who knows about philosophy? Norm. So I called him up and he is like, oh, okay, what have you been doing the past 10 years? He was good enough to show up and uh, 160 episodes later, here we still go. That's amazing. Congratulations. The episode dropping Monday is episode 12 for me. <laughs> so very different area. <laughs> yeah. But that's, well, that's so cool. They say that 90% of podcasts don't make it to 10 episodes. So you're already in the top 10%. Incredible. My boyfriend told me that like maybe 1% make it past 20 episodes or something. Yeah. So like, that's been my, I'm like, I just got to make it to 20. Be like, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. I did it. <laughs> well, and what's funny is when I started mine, I, I thought it was just going to be 10 episodes. I was like, I'm going to take 10 episodes of the biggest topics and we're going to cover them. And then it'll. We'll just all be out philosophy. there for like posterity's sake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we like, got... We're going to cover all of philosophy in 10 episodes. Yeah, yeah, be great. yeah and, that, and that's pretty much what happened is we got to 10 and we were like, we can't stop now. Like, <laughs> there's so much more stuff to like, talk about. We didn't about. even touch Kant. Like, what do we do? <laughs> we cover all kinds of stuff. That's the whole point is just trying to, to demonstrate that everybody's philosophers, everything is philosophical. So we've done mm-hmm. Disney princesses and, you know, entertainment franchise reboots and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> So big things, small things. Like the philosophy of Disney princesses? Yeah. Tell me more. Give me a little snapshot here. I'm intrigued. (laughs) So Norm wanted to have my wife on as a guest. And we gave her the choice of topic. And she said, (laughs) Disney princesses. So we said, all right. Yes. uh, Me and her would get along. Wordy besties. Love her. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out to be a great episode. It was uh, really interesting. What are you exactly discussing there? Yeah, there's multiple angles to it. You know, you can look at the historical element of it. You know, what was what was the impetus for it? What is the effect on culture? What are the implicit messages? How have they evolved over time? Yeah. Um, what roles do the various archetypical characters play, like the male love interests and the villains and that sort of thing? So there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. I love that. That's so sick. I need to check out your podcast. Oh, really quickly. Plug it. What is the name of your podcast? That's from nowhere to nothing. Can't believe 160 episodes. What have been some of like the biggest aha moments you've had while podcasting? It seems like every week there's something, you know, we always talk about it on the show. Um, we've had some people get frustrated with us in comments, actually, right? Uh, man, these guys like never actually answer anything or, you know, they get off topic <laughs> or that sort of stuff. But we're open about that in the show. I mean, the show is literally called from nowhere to nothing, right? Yeah. So you should know what you're getting into, but. It's also um, philosophy. Like <laughs> yeah, that's the essence of philosophy, right? And you just get 10 more questions. Exactly. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is that we're humans. So, you know, mm-hmm. we don't go too long without 
one of us putting our foot in our mouth or somebody saying something different and going, oh yeah, I didn't think about it that way. I'm changing my mind, right? And that's yeah. that's a big message, right? Is that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to fail because that's the way you learn stuff, right? If you're not doing that, then all you're doing is taking other people's opinions and positions and adopting them as your own. And that's a dangerous thing to do. I think that explains a lot of the problems that we have in society. You know, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, as far as we know, this life is all we get, right? That's all we know for sure. So your time and how you spend it should be, you know, your, your number one priority. You know, you should be doing things that you want to do. Lots of people ask me that, right? Hey, you have all these hobbies. Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I want to be somebody who can have a podcast and release albums and do this kind of stuff. I, I am grown my... up and I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I designed my life to be this way because I enjoy doing all of the things that I do, you know? I completely relate to that. Everyone, my whole life has been telling me to make a choice on things. They're like, you need to pick a thing. You need to pick a lane. I don't want to pick a lane. That's why I double majored. It's why I went to a liberal arts school. There's a reason why I choose to keep doing all of it. And it's because I love all of it. And I don't want to cut out everything else and just pick one. Like, I don't think that's fair to myself or to my passions. Absolutely. And you're doing the damn thing. It's very possible, everybody. You can do it too. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm married. I have an active social life. I've got a lot of hobbies that I haven't listed yet, you know, and people say, well, how do you find the time to do this stuff? Right. And you go, we just got to make priorities. You know, a lot of people waste a lot of time doing things like I'm on social media. I have social media, but I'm intentional about using it. Right. If I'm using it, then that is the thing that I'm doing. I'm not using it to distract me from doing something else. You know, you just have to be intentional about the present moment, what you're doing at the time. And if you're doing that, then you don't procrastinate as much. You don't lose hours because I've been there, right? Everybody's been there. I sleep eight and a half hours a night too. I'm a well-balanced individual. If I don't sleep eight hours, I can't be a human. We're not present. You have to have enough sleep. And then you get out there and you structure your entire day so that you are productive and intentional about each of the things that you're doing all day. And then when 1030 hits, no matter where you are, I'm at a bar, I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah. So we're very productive people. How many albums have you put out? I think I've done six. Not all oh of them gosh. are available online anymore. But yeah, six albums, um, I think four or five EPs and then a few dozen singles. Yeah, the only thing that's left up there is uh, four albums out right now and two EPs. And one of the albums was for the 10th anniversary of my very first release. I sort of put together a compilation of all of the singles, kind of re-recorded and remastered them. What's your style? What's the genre? It's kind of psychedelic alternative rock. It spans the gamut a little bit. So I have like Unicorn of the South China Sea or Sleepless Dreams of the Vibrant Psychonaut. Those are kind of um, progressive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Unicorn of the South China Sea. So it's 10 distinct songs, but it flows together as one piece. I feel like if everybody can find their inner unicorn of the South China Sea, mm-hmm. then we'll all be happier for it. Is that an album that a song, <laughs> first off? Both. So it's an album and it's also the second song okay. on the album. Is that one online? Can I yeah. and put like a little clip here? That would be great. Okay, very cool. Yep. <laughs> really sick and then is it all entirely singles are you bringing in other people or like how is that working everything that i have online is 
just me. So I play all the instruments. I do everything um, except for uh, I did a cover of Sunshine on My Shoulders. So I had a dream that um, I was at a concert and Jack Johnson and Nora Jones were doing a cover of Sunshine on My Shoulders. And I was like, man, that would be so cool if that happened in real life. <laughs> so I did my best imitation and I recruited a couple of my friends to do uh, vocals. So, but that's the only piece online right now that uh, has anybody else besides me on it. It's all under Joel Bouchard as well. Do you don't have like another yeah. stage name or anything? Very cool. And um, have you like performed at all, toured at all? Or No, uh, you wouldn't know it because I podcast for, for fun, but I am like an extreme introvert. So um, I've been in bands. I've been in some, you know, kind of bigger bands, but I do not like playing live. I do not like going to places. <laughs> I don't like being around people. So uh, people are trying to constantly re like recruit me into their bands. And I actually had, this is the weirdest offer I've ever had. This year, when I released my most recent album, All We Are, I had a guy reach out to me and say, hey, I've got three guys that want to form a band to play your music. And I was like, I'm not really interested. He's like, well, would you mind if we formed a band and played your music? And I was like, <laughs> go ahead, I guess. Are they crediting I, you for everything? Are you getting royalties? <laughs> like I don't really know if that panned out or not. I'm not sure where that went, but I got asked if if three other guys could make a band and play my music. And, that right. must yeah, sure. feel ahead, pretty but... cool. Like that's it's, yeah, that's it's really weird. Ego boost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really really odd, but that's the background. But yeah, it, it's the gamut a little bit. Um, you know, like sleepless dreams of the vibrant psychonaut. That's just a fifteen minute song, so it's this progressive sort of space epic. But then, like my most recent album, All We Are. The inspiration for that one was I realized I like really short songs, so I was like, I'm gonna try to make all of these under three minutes if I can. Yeah. And um, so I got 10 songs in a 27 minute album. So those are all kind of oh short gosh. and catchy. So it uh, it varies a little bit. For the most yeah. part, I usually describe it as uh, psychedelic alternative rock. That's really sick. I need to look into this because I'm trying to imagine in my head what psychedelic alternative rock feels like. And I don't think I'm doing it justice. And I'm really <laughs> excited to listen to your 15 minute epic you're just creating this to be out in the world. You're like, not even one of those people that's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, perform at every open mic night and like be the next John Legend. Like, you know, you're doing it for the passion and for the love of it. And I think that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. My worst nightmare would be being famous. I, <laughs> that's what, probably also the reason I'm like the world's worst marketer. Like <laughs> I don't really have much of an online presence. I put stuff out there in case people want to listen to it, but I don't advertise anything really. You're not helping getting your stuff out there. You got to have it no. listened to. No, and I'm, I'm not really trying to. It's not where I make my money. So it's, <laughs> it's all creative, right? I'm different from a lot of other people in the way that that works too. You can probably guess by the number of stuff that I've released that I work pretty quick. And so I write the songs as I'm recording them. So usually I'll write a, an album from the time I start writing the first song to the time I'm finishing mastering it, it's usually like two weeks. And um, we need I to hang out. out Where do you live? <laughs> like <laughs> I relate to this, but I also feel like other people don't understand my need to be insanely quick. I'm such like an impatient, efficient person. I love shortcuts in the way that like I love making things easier, faster, and like keyboard shortcuts and, you know, synthesizing everything to make it as fast and as quickly as possible. And I feel like other people get really overwhelmed with that and get like 
concerned about me, but you're saving yourself so much time. For me, it boils down to two things. For me personally, when, when I go to revisit something that I've written, almost nothing good ever comes from it. Like the passion and the inspiration for the song happens in one shot. So I have to capture it then. It's lightning in a bottle. And then the second part of that is that um, I know a lot of musicians who have been playing for the same amount of time I have, who have written one song. They they never put it out because it's never right. That's how I feel <laughs> with the podcast. It's good that it's like a weekly thing because it literally forces you to be like, it's good enough. <laughs> you're almost always your own worst critic. Yeah, sure, there's going to be trolls out there and stuff, but usually you're going to be the one that goes, man, I wish I'd done this different or I would have done that different. And everybody else goes, it's great. I love it. You know, didn't even so, notice. Yeah. If you're sitting down to write an album, take me through that. Usually what I'll do is starting two weeks prior, I'll stop listening to all music. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because all that stuff is already in your head. So yeah. all you're doing, if if you have that going on when I'm trying to write, it's just distracting me, right? I'm going to end up ripping somebody off. Or I'm going to end up you know, doing something. And what happens is after about a week and a half, all of a sudden my mind will just start popping ideas in, right? We'll start going, Hey, yeah. you know, here's a guitar riff. Here's a lyric. Here's a, a drum, right? Yeah. Because it's almost like it's deprived of music. You know, it's like, Oh, we need it something. Creating here. Well, it. Yeah. Here, try this. And I'll start capturing those uh, snippets uh, in cell phone videos so that I remember how to play mm -hmm. them. I can see my hands and stuff. And then I'll sit down to write. And I just try to put myself in the mindset of um, a famous musician, right? I'll try <laughs> to sort of empower myself to think, yeah, how would somebody who does this for a living, how would they do it? And usually how they would do it is by not caring what anybody else thinks, right? So, hey, if yeah. I want to put a really sloppy fuzz pedal on a bass guitar, I'm going to do it, right? Because nobody else would try to. So I'm going to try doing this thing and seeing how it works out. So you have a sloppy fuzz bass on an acoustic guitar song. And it was my favorite song on the album. Like it turned out really <laughs> cool. It's just running through them, right? It's just trying to stay inspired all the way through and, and capture it all in one shot. Are you usually able to finish like that one song all at once? Yeah, usually writing and recording one song will take about 45 minutes. And then um, it's really the mixing and the mastering stuff that takes longer. And I'm Is not good at lyrics? it still, but lyrics and music or just instrumental it's usually lyrics and music sometimes lyrics take me a little bit longer but my lyrics tend to be kind of esoteric anyways i like doing it because i'll have four different people come up to me and say i know what your song's about it's this you're right and you go no nah, it's not right <laughs> it's like none of those <laughs> but, things yeah and i don't explain yeah. it to people ever either because that's the whole point is when you listen to it i want it to be your song right because all the yeah. the real powerful songs that i think about in my life were songs that I gave meaning to. I don't care what the original song was about, right? It's what it meant to me at mm -hmm. that point in my life. So so I try to write lyrics that are a little bit ambiguous and then I let people interpret them for themselves. And it's funny how often they're they're way far off that this song that I wrote had some really deep meaning when really I just hammered out the lyrics in three minutes and they they didn't stand for anything, you know? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I love writing lyrics and poetry, basically. I might not have the melody right now. It's a song. Don't question me. This has been incredible. I love the fact that you just do so many things and continue to do them no matter what anybody tells you. And I would love to chat more and like maybe work on some music together because I feel like that yeah. would be really fun. And we would also definitely work really quickly. I'm not the psychedelic-y kind of vibe, but like the rocky, yes. I would say I'm more on like the unhinged girly pop rock 
angsty, but fun. Well, I'm always up for doing something new and I'm always up for doing something challenging. So absolutely. If you want to work on something, that'd be, that'd be cool. If you want to come onto my show, you can. I would Um, love to. We can either talk about kind of your life journey, like we did here. So sort of vice versa, Mm -hmm. or um, if you want the regular sort of template for the show is picking one word or two words, and then we'd just look at it in depth. So you can know, we haven't done music yet. Um, oh my God. I love that. Let's yeah. Do, yeah. yeah. Why so, don't we do like success and music? Cause it's part in my success. Our shared joint thing here is music. And like, this is something that the listeners can look forward to <laughs> more May and yeah, Joel yeah. talking about philosophy and things. So thank you so much for coming on today, Joel. And thank you so much for sharing your tale. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Of course. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Are you PMSing?